1: Time for Baldry's beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith.
2: Good morning. Some breaking news: the legislature dining room is now open. Oh, thank After goodness! Well, I know you're in there every year. day. It was almost like we we're going to get a petition together, and to everyone in the building to ensure it doesn't close for two weeks again.
1: That's why your hands were shaking. You <laughs> exactly. need your caffeine. We, need,
2: we needed the coffee. One. Yeah. Last week, everybody in the building was talking about it. So now they're open again. Yeah, thank goodness. Make your reservation for lunch.
1: (laughs) It's a great place to go for lunch, by the way. And you need a reservation. Yeah.
2: TripAdvisor says it's the busiest restaurant in Victoria. Really? The secret's out. I highly recommend it, but yeah, uh, yeah, you need a reservation. Yeah, it used to be a bit of a secret. You can go have lunch. Well, when I started here back in the 80s, the public wasn't even allowed in. Yeah, (laughs) right. And they didn't have much of a menu. Yeah, Their idea of uh, a special, believe it or not, was creamed oysters on toast on Thursdays. Oh, yum. <laughs> Old school. <laughs> Old school. <laughs> but now a great chef there, great staff. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You should go there. If you're, if you're visiting Victoria, you should go have lunch and there. And the
2: legislature is actually getting back. The Christmas decorations are now gone. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, you know, the, the offices are now lit. Yeah. The two-week hiatus is over. So slowly getting back to normal at the ledge.
1: Back to normal. Okay. I know you heard my conversation there on new car sales in, in Canada, and we got into the whole issue around EVs, and we also talked about whether you should buy a new vehicle or lease a new vehicle. Yeah. Now, tell me your story about yeah, leasing so a vehicle.
2: My wife and I, uh, when our kids were young, we leased our minivan. We didn't want to have a minivan. For like 20 years or something. Just have it when the kids are little. The kids yeah. didn't want to drive it when they gave them driving age. It's not no. the type of vehicle teenagers like. So it made sense for us to to lease. And uh, there were some some real, I think, benefits. Now, I had a weird experience leasing. We had our vehicle in the middle of our driveway get wiped out by a young woman coming around the corner, flew, lost control, flew through my neighbor's fence and T-boned our vehicle. Ah. And the Leasing uh, the car lot phones me up and says, "Well, it's going to be nine thousand dollars." And I'm like, "What? I have to pay you nine thousand dollars?" He says, no, no, we pay you nine thousand dollars." Oh, because as the lease holder, I had the right to the vehicle in terms of ownership, so the payout comes to me. So that's a bizarre situation with leasing. I don't recommend that route for anybody. But nevertheless, so that um, worked
1: out pretty well for it you. It Worked then. out
2: extremely well, but again, that was yeah, a, we, happy a, a happy accident. A happy accident. We had um, that was the second car I lost in our driveway. If you recall oh. the. Giant tree fell on my car. Oh, I do remember, remember that. that. Yes. In a windstorm? Yes. Somebody at ICBC said, You better not notify the actuarial people. That the odds of losing two cars in your driveway are astronomical, which meant that my insurance rates could skyrocket Oh. I kept parking there. It's but, a risky driveway. <laughs> risky driveway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so leasing. Yeah, and I heard your discussion with uh, him on um, EVs. You and I have talked about this before. Yeah, you said you were thinking of getting an EV, but now you're saying you're thinking get a hybrid. Well, I'd probably go hybrid. Right, I would too. You know, I do think I'm very skeptical of the EV technology. I mean, that uh-huh. horror story the fellow you had on with Zach Spencer, yeah. sixty thousand dollar battery replacement when the <laughs> car's only was purchased for $55,000. The technology on EVs is still kind of young, yeah. and I think there's a lot of skepticism attached to these targets that both provincial and federal governments have set for new sales, 100% by 2035. I just think the, there's a lot of skepticism with EVs, but hybrids seem to be a safer route.
1: Okay, it's going to be an election issue in Canada, I think, too, because Polyev, the, the conservative leader, has promised to scrap these targets. He said he would just get rid of these EV 2035 targets. Just well, get, tear it up, get rid of we it. we
2: talked before, I think... Around the world, you're seeing governments back away from some of these aggressive climate change policies. Sunak in the United Kingdom has scrapped a whole bunch of ambitious uh, policies aimed at curbing greenhouse gas emissions. The carbon taxes in play in Canada, yeah, uh, Poland yeah. has made that an election issue. Uh, David Eby has said he's not going to tinker with the, he's not going to uh, get rid of the carbon tax. No surprise there, but he has talked about some sort of energy affordability coming back to British Columbia. A rebate on your hydro he bill, a rebate on hydro bill, so. Yeah. Some of the the policies associated with fighting climate change, I think, are going to be election issues. Yeah, I think so,
1: too. Okay, speaking of Pierre Pauly of the federal conservative leader, his name came up this morning earlier on the show. I was speaking to Kevin Falcon, leader of B.C. United, okay? So the former B.C. Liberal Party, now B.C. United, leader of the opposition in the legislature. And I asked him about the rise of the B.C. Conservative Party, which is consistently now in second place in most opinion polls and BC United in third. We're in an election year here this year. Is he worried about this BC Conservative Party? Here's what he told me, and then I'll get your thoughts.
2: about polls because what what that mostly is just confusion between people confusing the BC Conservatives with the federal Conservatives. If you don't believe me, just go out and ask the first 10 random people on the street who the leader of the BC Conservative Party is and 8 out of 10 won't know and 2 out of 10 will think it's Pierre Poilievre. <laughs> Your thoughts. Well, you can ask 10 people who the leader of the BC United Party is, and I think you get the same result. I mean, Kevin Valkin, uh, I think he's frustrated, but he seems to be in a bit of denial that the conservatives – he dismisses the conservatives as not a real threat. Yeah. He told Dirk Meiser and Canadian Press he thinks the polls are, in his words, BS, even though pollsters have a pretty good track record the last 10 years of uh, with 2013 being the notable exception of uh, – predicting the election results in a number of provinces, the states, and federally. So, yeah, they've got it. They've continued to have an identity problem. He may be very well cor- correct that there is a spillover from the Poliev of conservative rise federally and having an impact on the provincial conservatives, but that doesn't really get him out of this mess that he's in. Uh, spillover or not, um, that seems to acknowledge that there is Support for the BC Conservatives. Yeah, you know, if you attribute that there is a spillover, well, that means there's support there. So
1: also the polls have been pretty consistent. Like we've had several in a row now yeah, showing and from us, different right?
2: pollsters. Yeah, all having the same finding. Yeah, and again, they have predicted Leger, Angus Reid, um, Abacus, uh, a number of pollsters, Ipsos, have all nailed the last few elections with their with their polling within one or two percentage points. So. Yeah. It's dangerous, I think, to dismiss this as, in his words, as BS, because, the, you know, I talked about before, one of the dominant stories in 2024 20, politically is going to be the free inter, so-called Free Enterprise Coalition. Can it get its act together? Can it become one? Can it actually become a coalition? Or are we going to see two distinct parties be the alternatives to the NDP, or three if you, if you count the Greens, yeah. which aren't part of a Free Enterprise Coalition? So this is, this is and again, the election clock is ticking. Yeah. It's in October. It's you know, it's uh, ten months away. Uh, Falcon put out an uh, interesting just on, on New Year's Eve, a fundraising letter saying that the um, the, the relaunch, the rebranding had been launched. where? I'm not seeing it. the rebranding
1: of that. campaign of the B.C. United yeah, Party
2: was launched. Really? I, 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 no ads on. And well, there have been a couple ads on NW a few weeks ago. I haven't heard of them in not a while. On Global. I mean, yeah. if you're not advertising on the Global News Hour or during Vancouver Canuck games. Yeah. You're really not advertising. Yeah. I mean, those are, are, are some real popular primetime shows. But do public. they have
1: the money, though, to launch huge advertising campaigns? I don't think so.
2: Yeah. I don't think. I mean, they are fundraising, but their yeah. number. The last quarterly report from Elections BC showed they had dropped significantly ever since these polls came out that showed that they were behind the Conservatives or effectively tied. I've talked to some senior ex-party people, not there now, but veterans of the yeah. old BC Liberals, who say they are having fundraising problems. Yeah. They're having candidate recruitment problems. Um, they've got a number of retirements in that caucus which I think speaks to how people view their re-election chances. It's harder to convince people, I think, to run if you think you're going into opposition yeah. than if you're going into government. And right now, the NDP... Or if
1: you're going to lose, period, and not even be an MLA at all. Yeah.
2: I mean, there's yeah. that. I mean, some of the conservatives, I mean, you got Rustad out there, you know, claiming he's announcing candidates all the time. Yeah. Um, there seems to be some energy with... Even though there's far less money in the BC Conservatives, they're not fundraising anywhere near BC United. Yeah, um, and it is sort of—is it a mirage, but or is it real? Okay. Um, speaking,
1: you, you briefly mentioned the Vancouver Canucks. Now, speaking of the Canucks, let's finish with this. Now, Logan Paul—you know who that who that is, right? Wrestler. He's a, he's a wrestler. He's a boxer, a boxer. Okay. He was he started out as like a YouTube uh, influencer. My kids know who this guy is. And he's now a boxer. Anyway, he was in Vancouver at a wrestling event. And big superstar. Listen to him going after the... Listen to him diss the Vancouver Canucks here. Let's listen. Kevin, brother. You beating me for the U.S. title is like the Canucks winning a Stanley Cup.
2: No lies detected. It's never
1: going to happen. It's never going to happen you got to rise out of the crowd there.
2: Well, you know, I'm a Canucks fan. I follow the Canucks as a, as a hobby, as a fan. I actually think they're real this is year. This, is this for real? Well, I'm not saying they're going to win the Cup, but they're They're a real contender. Uh-huh. You know, anyone watching, fo- closely following the NHL, can't dispute that. Rick Tockett and the management there, I think they've got a, a completely different system than they've had for well more than a decade, and the players seem to be buying in. And they've got some really good trades and some drafts. Um, choices that have been made and some great prospects in the future. So as a Canucks fan, I say to Logan Paul, go to heck.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. That'll, He's really, bigger than me, though. He'll be mad at that. Um, Canucks first place in the Pacific Division. Here they were first overall in the NHL a few days ago, and they're still very, very close to the top. The Winnipeg Jets are the other number one team in the other division in the West. So this is pretty exciting.
2: Edmonton's hot.
1: Edmonton Oilers
2: one seven in a row.
1: Yeah, seven straight wins here. Yeah, oh, yeah so they're, they're catching they're, they're fire they're in a tough too.
2: Tough division and a tough conference, and it's you know it's, it's tough to win the Stanley Cup. It's the sure hard, they say it's you know athletes say it's the hardest trophy to win. You got it's a long slog road in the. A hard slog in the playoffs
1: every time the Canucks start getting on a roll though I start having that you know you're gonna break my heart again here here we go again
0: families have a lot going on let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up like delicious lolly focus pops or lolly mellow pops for kids and for parents try three new brainy chews to help you focus chill out or get energized Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
2: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window.
1: I've got open phone lines right now. If you phone now, you will get through 604-280-9898 is the number, star 9898 on your cell. Let me ask you really quickly, we talked earlier about the potential for a ban on cell phones in B.C. school classrooms. We've seen Ontario bring in province-wide restrictions. Mm. Now Quebec, the B.C. government says it's reviewing it, it's looking at it. Do you think the government's leaning toward a cell phone ban in schools?
2: You know, originally I didn't think they were, but I think they are now. Yeah. I think there is, seems to be picking up some momentum here yeah. uh, for this. It's uh, it's you know not unheard of to ban things in schools, obviously. So, yeah, I do think uh, the chances are greater now than they were last year.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. That's the, my read of it as well. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell, Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead.
0: Hey, good morning, guys. Um, You you know, as for the, uh, I call them the uh, BC United Liberals, uh, Kevin Falcon, I think we're witnessing that the party's dissolving right in front of British Columbians' eyes. He has not been out there. The man has not been a leader as far as I'm concerned. And Keith, you you said it yourself, the rebranding? What is the guy talking about? I Mm -hmm. just think we're going to, I think they're going to be wiped off the map. But uh, having said that, Keith, I want to ask you this question about Site C because Mike had a guest on this morning about uh, the electric car industry in 2035, all electric new car sales. The brunt of the power, we, wind, solar is not going to do it. We would have to go to uh, nuclear power. That would be, If they want to do this, that's the only possible way hmm. we would have to go. But as for site Seeky, I keep hearing it could power up to 450,000 homes. Is the brunt of that power going to home, to British Columbia residences? Or is it, I've also heard, going to heavy industry? Do you know? Or? The, the, I'm curious. The, Thank the, you for taking my call, guys.
2: Very good question. So, yeah, the 450,000-home figure is just used by hydro to, to um, amplify or show how much power there is. Sure. To put a picture in people's minds of what how, how much Very power Very
1: badly is. needed power now, too, by the way.
2: But Rob's right. It doesn't necessarily go to homes. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this mass electrification launched by the VC government is not just electric vehicles. It's to get all sorts of things off fossil fuels onto electricity. Yeah. And Site C cannot produce enough electricity to meet all those demands. You have also factored in the LNG uh, plant, which um, hopefully is going to be on electricity, building a transmission line there um, over a period of time. That's going to be used in electricity. Uh, Rick McCandless, who you've had on before, who I use as a, a source, he has intervener status at the BC Utilities Commission, former civil servant here. Uh, he got his hands on some hydro documents that suggest the power call that goes out next year, or th- this year actually, this spring, is going to be for wind Power. Wind power, it's yeah. Not, it's not yeah. hydro. So the yeah. days of mass hydroelectricity um, projects are over, it seems, in B.C. No more Site Cs, no more Site D, E, or F. Uh, so the, it is a real puzzle. Where is all this electricity going to come from? Yeah, yeah. and, we sure, and we sure it. need it.
1: I mean, do you remember when John Horgan and the NDP were so critical of the Site C dam when Christy Clark announced yeah, it under wow. a previous government? And their, their main argument was, we don't need this power this is some white elephant you're building. We don't even need this power. And it's like, now mm-hmm. we're importing 20% of our power. We need it now. We're,
2: because we're importing power, some of that power is is dirty power. Sure, it it's is coal fired yeah. from Washington State or California. Yeah. So that's the pickle hydro. Because of the drought situation, yeah. it's a real yeah. serious situation in terms of where we find this electricity.
1: Garnet in Langley. Hi, Garnet. Go ahead.
2: Hello, Mike. Uh, I think uh, Mr. Falcon's got a short memory if he thinks that the rest of the province doesn't remember what life was like under the Liberals uh, with all the tolls and on the, and, and the highways and, and the cost of living back then. Um, I think some of the stuff that's happened with the NDP is it was global uh, with the pa- pandemic, with uh, interest rates, with the inflation and things happening. But I think that my life is a lot better under the NDP than it was under the Liberals. OK, thank you for the call. Well, again, I think the, the, the um, United's chief problem, I mean, they do have baggage from the previous government, but they did win, you know, a number of elections, you know, people. They
1: were very unpopular toward the end.
2: They were. VC liberals, And right? Gordon Campbell became unpopular, but then Christy Clark pulled yeah. out that miracle win in sure. 2013. So I wouldn't discount the popularity of the VC liberals. I mean, they did win elections. They held power for 17 consecutive, 16 consecutive years here. So again, it's a, it's a branding problem. It's an identity problem more than anything else.